Welcome to Kingdom Life Church, Stellenbosch. May this life-giving word activate your faith today. I'm starting with a series called Fixed Focus. Fixed Focus. And I don't want to run ahead because there's so much. And we're going to do the whole month of March. We're going to speak about your focus as a child of God. Your focus as a Christian. And how much power there is in. And, and I'm going to look at a bunch of stuff. So, so the definition of the word focus is the following. And it's very, it's, it's very interesting. It is just the center of interest. It's your center of, of your interest and where you act upon. This is very short but very significant. Now, see, our focus in life can play a huge role. It does. Not just when you play golf or when you, when you have to thread a needle. or No, no. The, your focus in life, man, it plays a huge role. It can make a difference between success and failure. It can make a difference between making it or breaking it. Amen, men. It can, it can be the difference between happy and miserable or hitting the target and missing it. That's what focus in our lives actually brings. I love the story. Do you know that, that the Texans, when they started mining oil, they built an oil pipeline. The engineers will love this. They built an oil pipeline through Alaska. 1,280-something kilometers of a pipeline standing probably two, three meters in the air. Now, Alaska is not just a normal country. It is cold. I mean, there is wildlife that can kill you by just looking at you. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is a serious country of, man, it's just wild. So the Texans decide, you know, everything is bigger in Texas. They decide, okay, let's build a pipeline so we can rely our oil from other refineries back to Texas. And they started building this pipeline. And listen to this, this article. I'm just going to read it because it's going to bless you. It says, when the Alaskan pipeline was being built, there were many Texans who went to Alaska and found work on the pipeline. The Texans could only work a few hours in the frigid weather, yet the Eskimos, the native Alaskans, could work indefinitely. In the cold. They decided to do a study to find out why the Eskimos could withstand the weather. After much study, they found there were no physiological differences between the Eskimo and the Texans. Just probably the, the, the amount of meat they eat. <laughs> there was nothing in skin thickness, blood, or any, anything physically that could explain the differences in the ability to withstand the temperatures. The solution came when they did a psychological study. Interesting, eh? a psychological study. The difference was the Eskimo said the following. He knows it was cold, but there was a job to be done. In other words, his focus was on the job and obtaining results rather than the weather. The Texans on the other side, they focused on the weather, and this kept them from focusing on the job. It's interesting. Eh? See, it's amazing what focus can accomplish in our lives. We all know it. If you've done sports in your life or if you've played chess or whatever, I mean, you will know that focus plays a huge role, not only in sport, in life. You see, it's astonishing how easy we can actually lose focus. I remember the story of Alden Palmer, if you're a golfer. I don't play a lot of golf, but I love golf, you know. And he was playing his first, you know, Arnold Palmer is probably one of the greats of golf in the world. And he was playing his first Masters tournament. He was busy winning it. He was ahead two strokes. He was at the 18th hole. He hit his tee shot right in the middle of the fairway. Perfect position. Now, for a golfer, they would know it's just, it's just up and down to win. 
So he hits the ball on the green, he puts it for par, and he wins. That's it. And as he was walking to his ball, he saw on the stands one of his old, old friends. And before he got himself, he walked over and shook his hand. And the guy said, congratulations. And he said, and it was right in that moment where I lost the Masters. Because he hit the ball in the sand, then over the green, butted for three and make it triple bogey to lose the Masters. In that moment, just that quickly, he lost focus. Now, if you talk about focus and how God created us and people around us, there's one thing that, that, I, that I love to mention this morning. It's all about the eagle. Something grabbed my attention about the eagle. Do you know that God created the eagle? One of the most significant things about the eagle is its eyes. You see, an eagle can spot his prey 3.2 kilometers far. Not only the prey, he can see the color and the sort of prey. It's incredible. See, when an eagle attacks its prey, the muscles in the eyes constantly continuously adjust, um, it, it, it adjusts the eyeballs to maintain sharp focus throughout the approach and attack. So as this eagle attacks, his eyes never leave the target. His body goes like this, but his eyes is always there. It's incredible. His focus is so intense so that it maintains focus until it accomplishes its goals. It's amazing. See, the eagle has the ability to focus, but not just to focus, to maintain focus. See, it, it, it's, it's one just, I can stop right there and it can be a lesson to us as humans. See, sometimes we've got focus, but do we know how to maintain focus? See, this eagle is so incredible, it maintains focus unto the point where it grabs it, its prey. Now, with this series, I want to look at, at our focus as Christians. And what the fruit of our focus is. Now we're going to go deeper and, 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 and you're going to see. See, there's so much that we as humanity had to face this last two years. And it's incredible. There was a lot of things that we had to step through and face and hard times. And here and there was a, a little bit of a light point. But just as we thought we were going through this, then suddenly war in, in the Ukraine. And suddenly it, it, it's not just a war far off, but it's got... It's got ripple effects that can grow into something much bigger. So it's not just, are we here, luckily, we're they there. No, no. This is something that can have a worldwide effect. And we're seeing the ripple effects on our fuel prices and the oil prices and all the stuff that's happening. This is not just something. And we just came through something really tough. And already we're stepping into something new. This is not an easy two, two and a half years. So how do we as believers react? Or maybe I should ask, how do we act? You see, sometimes we ask, how do I react according to this? No, no, we need to ask, how can I act according to this? How can I act when I hear my neighbor is struggling? How can I act when I see my family is going through tough times? How can I act when the God who's guarding my car every week, can I see he's looking worse and worse? Every how do I act? How do we act as Christians in that moment. See, the worst, things, the worst thing that can happen to us as believers when things like these happen is to lose our focus. Do you know that? When we lose our focus, we go astray. I'm going to prove it to you today. Listen to our core scripture for the series. It says the following, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw us everything that hinders and, and, and the sin that so easily entangles. 
And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such a position from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Isn't that amazing? He says, no matter what you go through, run with perseverance because it's not going to be easy. But the, the essence of things are, where are your eyes fixed on? On what, is you, on what are you fixated on? Listen to Hebrews. Uh, if you go to, this is Hebrews 12. If you go to Hebrews 3, uh, oh, sorry, uh, I missed myself. L listen to it in the Amplified Translation. I'm running ahead of myself. It says the following, the same scriptures, this verse 2, it says, Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us. Now listen to this. It says, looking away from all that will distract us, focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Do you need faith in your life? You see, the author and the finisher is all Jesus. It's all Jesus. We just need to make sure where we focus. You see, as a Christian, the way we grow and the way we mature, everything comes down to where your focus is. Where is your focus? Listen to what Hebrews 3 says. 3 verse 1, it says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters, who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we, we, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. Isn't that amazing? You see, if I go back one, Hebrews 12, before Paul wrote Hebrews 12, he wrote Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is a chapter of heroes of faith. All the people who did incredible things of faith. Abraham, Moses, all these amazing men of faith. But he started off verse 12 with an incredible powerful statement. He says, yes, there will be heroes cheering you on. Let me just go back a bit. Heroes will be cheering you on. You're surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. But he, says, but he says, our focus shouldn't be on the weight or the challenges on us, but on Jesus. See, Jesus is the source of our faith. He's the beginning and the end of our faith. He is the why we are alive. Now, let's go back to Hebrews 3 verse 1. To fix our eyes on Jesus is the essence. See, if you go to a runner, and, and, and I know a lot of you here in, in, in the hall are runners, and if you are a serious runner or not a, a serious runner, you are a runner. But if you go to a serious runner, they all have a specific focus. What is the focus? The focus is the prize. Or maybe the focus is the record. Or maybe the focus is the title. If you go and look, watch the Olympic Games or whatever world champs, or, the focus is the prize, Olympic medal or the title, or the ultimate prize is the record, the world record. That's the focus of a runner. But many times a runner needs to run in bad weather. How many of you have run in bad weather before? Come on, all of us. You see, when, when weather is bad, does the prize change? I wish it did. <laughs> it would have been nice, eh? No, it doesn't. The prize never changed, no matter what the weather is like in our lives what you go through in your life. You see, the weather change can change. The prize doesn't change. 
But a runner can lose his focus. A Christian can lose their focus on what is important in life. I remember when I was running in Belgium one year, I was basing in Belgium and I was running when I was still running professionally. And, 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 and my season ended, my European season ended in, in, uh, in Braskart. It's, uh, it's very close to Antwerpen. It's this beautiful track. But every year when I get there, the trees go lusher and greener and bigger. And, and so, so we were the last event on the calendar that evening. And they had to switch on the lights. So you're running in lights. And, um, and I realized when I was warming up, because um, you warm up at the warm-up track, you go into the track and you've got like one run and you walk back to your, to your starting blocks and you go. So I did my warm-up run over two or three hurdles and I realized I can see nothing in the back straight because the trees has grown underneath the lights. So the lights just enlight the trees, but the way the track is, you literally the trees are growing over the track. It's incredible. But the problem is it's a day track. It's not a night track because the, the lights is literally blurred out. So I walked back to my, to my blocks and I realized if I don't count, I'm going to miss the hurdle because I, I have to get like less than one meter to the hurdle and then I can see. That's how dark it was. <laughs> it's weird. So for the first time in my life, and probably it was, it was just um, experience, I literally had to count because I knew exactly how many steps, John Marie would know, how many steps I take between every hurdle in my race. So I would run 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 14. And then I, when I'm counting 13, I know the hurdle is up. You see, my focus was so much on the hurdle and where I was. If I lost focus, I would have been in trouble. You see, no matter the circumstances we face, the question is this. On what do you focus? On what do you focus? See, Paul says Jesus should be our example and should occupy our focus. That's what Paul says. He says, no matter what's happening in us, all around us, Jesus is our focus. See, he's the author and finisher of our faith. That's what the scripture says. See, if we aren't focused on Jesus, our faith will never be complete. How many of us struggle with faith every now and then? Lord, I really struggle with my faith. I really struggle to have faith for this or for that or for this thing. Or Where's your focus? See, if you go back and realize on what have you been focusing in the last couple of weeks, you realize, oh, makes sense. Now, the reality is that our focus in life needs fixing. It needs all the time. It needs fixing. I don't know about you, but every day I need to refocus. Every week I need to go and say, oh, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. I need to fix my focus. You see, stuff happens around us. Storms are coming. Maybe it's a clear day now in your life, but storms are coming. It's always. I always say God didn't give us a storm-free life. He's giving us a storm-proof life. Are your life storm-proof? You see, throughout the series, I want to look at stories where Jesus shifted his disciples' focus from them to him, from the problem to the provider. Remember, it's, it's, it's so many times in our lives that we focus so much on a problem, we lose our focus on a provider. Come on, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself today. You see, focus is a major issue, and the longer I'm going to speak about this, you're going to realize that maybe I've been missing something in my life because I've, I've let my focus slip a bit. I've let things in my life be a bigger focus than the one that should have been my focus. 
I've shifted it around in my life. Now I want to start out this series with a scripture um, out of Matthew 14, and we all know it so well. And I'm just going to read it, and I'm going to preach it. Is that okay? It says the following, immediately after this, and this was just after Jesus fed the 5,000, right after it. It says the following, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he spent, well, he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself. It's quite interesting how Jesus tells his disciples, hey guys, um, you go out so long, I'm going to send the people away. I mean, don't you think the disciples, I mean Peter from all men, it's like, how can you stay here? We, we can't go over the lake and you stay away. How are you going to get to the other side? And Jesus probably said, listen, just trust me, just go. I'm going to send the people away. And then he went and he prayed. It's incredible. See, how many of us or the people that we know, oh, sorry, I missed some. Then it says, no, I, I was right. After sending them home, he went up into the hills to pray by himself. Sorry, I missed a, I missed a part. Then he says, meanwhile the disciples were in trouble far away from land. It's not up there, sorry. For a strong wind has risen and they were fighting heavy waves. That's what happened to them. So Jesus sent them off and, and he said, listen, I'm going to send the people away. You go off. And while they were on their way, a strong wind came out. Now in that Sea of Galilee, I mean, they said winds and storms can rise within 10 minutes from nowhere. It's the high, the, the, the sea level or... Uh, there's a lot of um, geology. Where's my English today? My the geological references of the lake and whatever. It, it was hot and cold weather, and, and so storms could couldn't come in very quickly. Thirteen kilometers from each side is the length of this lake, so it's quite big. You can drown in it. It can become very wavy and very strong winds. So meanwhile, the disciples were far away. A strong wind arise. They were in trouble. So how many of us and people do we know are facing strong winds and so high storms at the moment in our lives? You see, it's not something we can get past in our lives. We are going to face that. See, if that's you, then, then I want to tell you this morning that in the midst of the storm, we need to watch out for Jesus. Every storm that I stepped through in my life I just had to look around because Jesus was there. Look what the Bible says in verse 25. He says, About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. We all know this so well. Eh? See, in biblical times, the fishermen divided the night times into four, what do you call it? Four um, watches. Yeah, so the first watch, the second watch. The first watch was from 6 p.m. to 12 p.m. And at night. The second watch was from 12 p.m. to about, oh sorry, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. That was the first watch. The second watch was from 9 p.m. to 12 p.m. The third watch was from 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. in the morning. And the fourth watch was from 3 a.m. till dawn, 6 a.m. in the morning. So this was during the fourth watch. If you go and um, read the New King James Version, it says, And at the fourth watch of the morning, Jesus came walking on the water. The fourth watch. Now, if you look at the fourth watch, it was the darkest time of night. It's always the darkest before the dawn, eh? It was always the darkest before. Jesus came at the darkest time of the night 
He came walking. See, in the darkest hour of this disciples' lives, in the darkest hour of our lives, Jesus, do not leave us alone. He never leaves us alone. He comes to us. Look at the way he comes to them. Man, he's walking on the water. I think he was like having a nice stroll, winds and waves. and I think he was having a ball walking. I mean, it's amazing. See, he was walking on the very thing that was trying to kill the disciples. Did you, did you realize that? What was the thing that trying to kill the disciples? The water. The, way, the winds and the waves was crashing over the boat, and here comes Jesus walking on the very thing that is trying to kill them. See, Jesus is walking on your stress and anxiety towards you. He's walking on your depression towards you. He's walking on your sickness and your disease towards you. He's walking on your financial burdens towards you. What is that thing, that storm, that thing that you feel that, man, this thing is sinking me. I mean, if, if I go on like this, I'm gonna, it's going to kill me. And what does Jesus do? At the darkest hour of the disciples' lives, he's walking on the basic thing that is their struggle. See, friends, Jesus is walking on the things that is the toughest thing you have to step through in your life. He's walking on it. He's above the storm. See, Jesus never abandoned us in our darkest hour. He comes to us in a miraculous way. How many times have you remind yourself you went through the toughest times in your life, how Jesus came in miraculous ways? Incredible. Will you trust him? I remember Sean told me a story of him going to America, him and his, um, I can't remember who he went with, but, but they were literally in faith. And they had to travel from, like it's a 700 kilometer ride from one end to the other and hide a car and they're driving. But he realized that, man, I have only enough money to pay fuel for half the way. So we have to trust God. And they were driving and he says, well, I've got like 20 kilometers left on the tank and there's a diner. They stopped at the diner. They sat down and they had a coffee because that's the money he had. And, and right there, there was one man at the diner. God spoke to that one man to fill up their car, buy them food. I mean, it's just incredible how God can. I mean, this is a short version of a long story. <laughs> but how much do we step out in faith and say, Lord, we're just going to trust you because we know that you are above the storm in our lives. You are above the issues that we're facing. It comes down to our focus. Let's look at verse 26. It says, When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified and in fear they cried out, It's a ghost. And they were watching, probably they were watching horror movies or something. I mean, what, what kind of reaction is that? What did, were they watching Netflix or what were they doing? See, sometimes we need to watch what we're looking at to govern our mind and our thoughts and to keep our focus on who God is. Listen to verse 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I am here. I am here. Now if you look at this scripture and you look at, take courage. I am here. If you look at the New King James and you go to the Greek, Jesus didn't say, I am here. He says, don't be afraid. I am. That's what he said. I am. Remember when the last time God said that? Moses was standing at the burning bush. 
and said, who are you? He says, I am. This is incredible. See, Jesus came in. He used the name of God, which he was God. And he says, I am here. I am is my name. See, Jesus basically came to them and said, I'm giving you a blank check. What do you need? What can I do for you? The God of the Almighty, the, the God Almighty is here. I'm walking miraculously on the water. Don't be afraid. I am. Whatever you need, I'm here to make the impossible possible. How many of us have faced the impossible? But when I am steps into the room, he says, I'm making the impossible possible. Where are you focusing? Are you focusing still on the impossibility? Or are you stepping over? It's like, ah, oh, everything became possible right now. Everything. He says, Jesus says, I am your peace. I am your provision. I am your guiding light. I am what you need right now. Sometimes we get to it in the middle of the storm and you feel like, I don't know what I need because I think nothing can help me right now. Jesus says, I am the one. I am. I am here to help. Blank check. What do you need? Now then Peter, man. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Man, I love Peter. There's one thing about Peter that, man, he usually took reasoning and he chucked it over the side. He never reasoned too much. He just jumped for the, for, he, I mean, he jumped the gun all over. He was impulsive as you can get, Mr. Peter, the, the disciple. Never, never too much thought into everything. He just made the decision. And he listened to Jesus. He says, yes, come. Jesus said. The New King James actually just, Jesus just, just said, come. Just, just a, come. Jesus said, so Peter went over the side of the boat and walked underwater to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Now when Jesus walked underwater, man, he was the son of God. It's just amazing. It's so miraculous. Jesus walked underwater. But now here comes foul mouth fisherman impulsive peter and here this guy comes and he just jumps out of the boat and he starts walking on water isn't that amazing i love that you see we can't miss the truth in this one we know the scripture so well we know the story so well but do we know this truth no matter who we are or who we think or what we think of ourselves or our abilities, or our spiritual disciplines, or where we feel, or how we feel as a Christian, if our eyes are on Jesus, guess what? We step into the miraculous. He was looking at Jesus. He called out, said, Lord, tell me to come. If I were Jesus, said, don't tell me to tell you to come. You just come. Where's your faith? But Jesus was so merciful. He said, yes, come. And Peter started walking Water. You see, by looking at Jesus, Peter became like Jesus. Do you know the scripture says we need to become like Jesus every day? By looking at him, he started becoming like Jesus. You see, he was above, Jesus was above the storm. What happened to Peter? He went above the storm. He started walking on a thing that trying to kill him. He changed his focus from the impossible 
Oh, wow, Jesus, to the possible. I am. Did you catch that? Then, see, this is a principle we as believers cannot miss. Look at verse 30. It says, but when he saw the wind and the waves, he was terrified. And what happened? He began to sink. Peter, what were you thinking? Should I make my joke again? Eh? <laughs> See, he began to sink. What happened? See, just like that, Peter took his eyes off Jesus. Just like that. Just like that, in a moment where he's in a miracle, he's walking on the water, the impossibilities just became possible, and he turned his eyes away from Jesus unto the impossibility around him. Immediately he saw what was happening to him. And guess what? He became afraid. And right after, see, the, the scripture says, he first became afraid and then he started sinking. He didn't sink and then started becoming afraid. He became afraid. And as soon as he started becoming afraid, fear got hold of him. His faith went down the drain and he started sinking. What's the opposite of, of faith? Fear. As soon as he invited the fear into his heart and into his mind, his focus started wavering and he started sinking. You see, faith, fear gave his faith a sucker punch <laughs> right in that moment. See, he started to look at the circumstances, he looked at the financial markets, he was looking at the symptoms that he had. Maybe, maybe I have COVID, maybe ooh, this symptoms, this must be can't. This, I mean, he's been looking at all these things, he started to look at the challenges around him. And he's looking at the things that Jesus already defeated. How many times in our lives do we look at things that Jesus already defeated, but we give it a chance to manipulate us? If I step into fear in my life, it means that fear was already defeated on the cross. So when I look and give something more authority than Jesus already defeated, that means my focus needs to be fixed. My focus needs to be fixed. You see, Peter stepped off of the high position with Jesus. Guess what? He stepped into reasoning. He started reasoning about this miracle he was in. You see, reasoning out of fear is not wise reasoning. Listen to it. He, he was reasoning. Let me give you the thing. Every, every reasoning out of fear breaks down our level of faith. Can I prove it to you? If there were no wind and no waves and the water was crystal clear flat, could he still walk on the water? No, because it's an impossibility. See, he was walking amidst of the, the waves and the wind. He was doing an impossibility because his eyes were on Jesus. And if he were with no wind, no waves, crystal clear water, if his eyes were not on Jesus, he still would sink. But fear came in and he started looking at the things and missing the impossibility. He was, he was the miracle. He was walking. You see, fear makes, us, makes our reasoning stupid. <laughs> it does. When you start fearing something, you remember two weeks ago I spoke about fear a little bit and how fear can take you from this little thing to this massive thing 
Suddenly the monster in your closet is not just a monster, it's something much bigger. <laughs> it's not the sound at the, at the side of your window. No, no, it's fear makes our reasoning stupid. See, it wasn't the wind and the waves of the storm that stopped him from walking on the water. Do you know that? It wasn't the wind and the waves. No, no. It was him not keeping his eyes on Jesus. Am I talking to someone yet? You see, so many times we think it's the situation we're going through that's stopping us from seeing the miraculous, but it's actually us taking our eyes off Jesus. It's us whose focus is, wa is wavering. And our focus needs fixing. See, our ability to walk in the supernatural, to do miracle signs and wonders, all comes down to our focus. Where is your focus? Is your focus on Jesus? See, if there's sick people coming here and I've heard that I can pray for them and they will be healed, if I pray and I only pray with a focus on me and what I do, I'm going to miss it. But if I pray for sick people and I'm trusting Jesus to come and touch them, my focus is on Him to come. It's a way different thing. I've been in numerous meetings like that. And sometimes God is so faithful, healing comes anyway. <laughs> see, Peter started to see the fear and the challenges as, as bigger than Jesus. There's waves and, and wind. Jesus, are you okay? I mean, make sure you're not sinking. Jesus. No, no, no. See, he was taking his eyes. His reasoning became to such a degree that the wind and the waves became bigger than Jesus. See, we look at unrest in the world. Or we look at the impossibilities in our lives. And we magnify it above God. That's why I love to, to read testimonials about the war and testimonials and miracles about what God has been doing because it keeps my focus on how great God is. Because we always look at the worst of the worst. That's why I always say there's some days and weeks that I don't watch the news. I don't want to. Because it's, it takes my focus off of who God is and how great He is in my life. We need to keep our focus on who He is. See, all the all along, the true power and authority in our lives lies in us keeping our focus on the Savior. And if I, while I was preparing this, I thought, oh, Lord, every time I went through that, that thing and that thing and this challenge, I realized that I went through a couple of days before I shifted my focus back to Jesus. But that couple of days was hell. I was going through all this turmoil in my life, thinking about what am I going to do if this happened and this. I was so into fear that my focus was on what's going to happen, then rather than, hey man, God's got this. Jesus has already defeated my problem. It doesn't mean we shouldn't, shouldn't have reason. That's what I I'm, I'm just want to make that clear. It's good to reason. But we need to realize that reasoning keeps our focus clouded. Sometimes we need to do something in faith. It's calculated faith, yes. See, Hebrews 11:1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, but the evidence of things not seen. So what is faith? It's something I hope for, and that I do in the hope that I will see the impossible become possible, the unseen become seen. So Peter, if he thought, I mean, just think about this. 
Peter would have reasoned, if he would have reasoned long enough, I believe he would have missed this miracle. If he would have reasoned, okay, maybe should I just, maybe just try one foot and then put it back and then, and just, okay, let's just think about this. Water, wind, waves, Jesus. Okay, how should I? Should I jump? Should I take left foot first? No, 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 right foot. No, no, right. The wind is quite hectic, hey? Maybe, maybe on the other side, Jesus, can I walk this side around? You see, if Peter would have reasoned long enough about jumping out of the boat, he would have missed his miracle, and Jesus would have been in the boat already. But he seized the moment. He says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come. I'm coming out. And Jesus said, come. Before Jesus said, come, him and he was three steps ahead already. Before he even got to a place of reasoning about this, if this is possible or not, he was so focused on Jesus that he just did it. That's a Nike moment. Just do it. <laughs> Listen to verse 31. It says, Save me, Lord, he shouted. So he started sinking. Let's just go. He saw the wind and waves and he was terrified and began to sink. Then he says, Save me, Lord, he shouted. Then Jesus immediately reached out, grabbed him, and then he said, You have so little faith. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped immediately. I love that. You see, the wind stopped immediately. And Peter got 50% for his test. See, church, we need to remember that Jesus was fixing the disciples' focus. They were in training. In training for what? They were in training to touch the world with the fire of the gospel. They were in training every day of their lives. See, Jesus came walking because he knew there would be a storm and he would test them where their faith is at. Where is their focus when the storms are high and they are facing death? Where will their focus be? So they got into the boat. Peter got 50% for his test. Probably 50% more than any one of us would get. You see, we need to remember that Jesus was fixing their focus. He is fixing our focus on a daily basis. Sometimes we feel so condemned because we failed again. But Jesus is just fixing our focus. See, we need to be in constant training every day. We are in constant training every day. Every storm we walk through, every challenge we face, every giant we need to decapitate is part of our training to grow and mature spiritually. Don't run away from the challenge, just face it head on, because God is about to mature you. He's about to take you to a next level. Let me just take a sip of water. Am I talking to someone here this morning? <coughs> you see, no matter where we are in our relationship with God, we need constant maturing. We need to mature constantly in our relationship. How does God mature us? In different ways. Different from you than me. Your storm looks different than my storm. Your challenge looks different than mine. Doesn't mean your challenge is, is less worse than mine. It's a challenge. See, God matures us when we find our spiritual gifts and make a difference in someone's life. See, He matures us when we get to know His Word and He renews our mind on a daily basis. He matures us. 
He matures us when we go through storms in life so that God can do something great in us. Do you know that every storm you go through, God is about to do something great? He's about to change something in your heart. It's about to save your life. It's about to take you a step up in your maturity and your growth in Him. That's why Timothy, um, um, <clears throat> Paul said to Timothy, um, sorry, book of James say, be happy when trials and challenges comes your way. You're about to mature. Your faith is about to go one level up. You see, the difference from where we are now and where God wants us to be ultimately is the storm we are yet to go through. The difference from where you are now to where God wants you to be is just the storm you yet to have to go through. Are you willing to step through the storms of your life? Just keep your focus on Him and you see miraculous things. See, what God can teach, teach us in the storm, He can't teach us in any other way. It's only in the storms of my life when I had to be fired twice by my pastor. <laughs> yes, I, I was. Storms in my life where I had to be said, listen, thank you, we don't want you here anymore. In that storm, in that moment where I have to go on my knees, see God and say, Lord, just change my heart. And God starts speaking to me and I go back and repent. And guess what? My relationship goes closer with my pastor and my leader and I mature. Sometimes we're not willing to step through the storm to mature. I want to close this morning. I remember when, when the twins were just born. And um, me and Salome got pregnant very quickly. We didn't know we were, we were I, th I remember on our three-year wedding anniversary, um, the twins were two weeks old. <clears throat> oh no, three day, four days old. And I was sitting with a baby in my arms with a bottle and it was two o'clock in the morning and I thought, how, how did I get here? <laughs> we still wanted to just be married for a year or two. But we were there and, and, and I was in ministry and Salome was in ministry with me and, and, and at that stage, we had to raise financial support to stay in ministry. And when the babies came, it was so quick on us. I tried to raise more support and I couldn't do it. And, and the day when the babies was born, we lost like 5,000 rand a month support. I mean, think about that, going into a storm right there. And so two, three weeks into, into the babies, Salome can cope by herself. I said, listen, <clears throat> I'm going to go to Pretoria, Joburg for two days. I'm going to see 20 or so people. In two days, I'm going to... I'm going to sausage machine all these people. I'm going to see them like hour after hour, race from one end to Joburg to the other end, trying to just get our income back to normal and uh, the way God is providing for us. So, so I went there. Man, for two days I worked like a crazy man. I, I ran from this end, raced to that side, of, and then uh, from, from one end to the city to the other end, realized that I, I should have booked more time. The city is much bigger than, than the town that I come from, and I was late for appointments, and, and then every, every guy I sit with, I mean, they're negative, and, and I, after two days, seeing about almost 20 people, I was driving back, and nobody decided to step in and support us financially. And, and I had a moment. I, I need to be honest with you. I had a moment with God in that high, on that highway. I was under R14. I was sitting between Pretoria and Krugersdorp. That's R14, yeah. yeah. And uh, I was sitting there, and I was driving, and I had a moment with God. I said, Lord, I am really disappointed in you. If you've ever been there in your life, I'm really disappointed in you. I think I hit my steering wheel. It's like, I'm disappointed in you. 
I feel that you failed me. That I, I, I stepped out of this boat. I was trusting you and nothing. <laughs> and I remember as I said that, dark clouds. I was driving into a, a thunderstorm. Have you ever been? I mean, I, I missed the thunder, thunder and lightning of the, of the high felt. And I was riding and there was a thunderstorm brewing and I was riding into the thunderstorm. And, um, and I said, see, Lord, this is how I feel. This is like thunder and lightning. Everything is getting darker. Don't you see me? Don't you care about me and my wife? Listen, man, I've got twins. Have you noticed? <laughs> Not that as if he didn't give it to me. And I said, Lord, can you just do something? I remember in that moment, this happened right in front of me. And it's a moment I'll never forget in my life. And God just said something. He said, Henny, I never forget about you. I light your way. I show the way. No matter how big or how dark the clouds is, how much the thunder and the lightning is, how big the winds and the storms and the challenges in your life is, I never leave you. I never leave you. After I said, Lord, what is my purpose? Do I, do I st- why am I in ministry? Why, why, why? And psh, right in front of me. And as I was riding, the road was curving and that light was curving with me. It's incredible. In that moment, God said to me, Henny, all I need you is to focus on me. You see, he was changing my focus from the dark clouds to the miracle, to the miraculous, to what he was still about to do, what he was willing to do in our lives. And can I tell you, incredible, something incredible. That was four years before we moved to Cape Town. That was at that stage. It was 2011. I was raising support. The twins was just about to become three, four. And before we moved to Cape Town, I sat with a list, and I at the moment, same moment with God, and I said, Lord, you want me to move, and I've got all these debt, and we need a second car, and we need this, and I've got this list. And God started ticking this list. He paid off our debt in one day. He, he got us, we got a, a, super, a place we're living still today, supernaturally. So the, the farmer was on in, 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 his, in the fields, he was on Facebook in his bucky and he placed the ad of the, the house he just bought. He didn't see it yet. He placed the ad in the, in, in, on a gum tree and as he pushed send, his phone rang. And he thought, oh, I hope my ad went through. And it was me. It's like, hey, I saw your ad on, on gum tree. And he was dumbstruck. It's like, what? Well, but I just, I said, Jaya, but is the house available? He said, Yes. I said, oh, praise God, on the phone. And I thought, ooh, I don't know if he, he... He said, what did you say? I said, sorry, so I'm just so happy. I just said, praise God. He said, well, he just prayed here yeah, in his bucky that, Lord, please send me a decent renter. So God ticked the boxes. You know what was the last box he ticked? God gave us a car. We only had one car, and we needed a second car. And it was the day before the, the moving lorry came, and and we needed a second car because we couldn't do things, twins. And guess what? What's, what car stopped in front of my house? There was a Corsa 1300, just like the car in my photo. I realized that a couple of years ago after so long. And I realized in that moment when God showed me, Henny, where's your focus? He already showed me the provision that will happen five, four years after that. Isn't God amazing? 
You see, what I wanted to tell you today is, and I hope you hear this, is, is do, we, do we have eyes fixed on Jesus? Is our eyes fixed on the things around us? Do we magnify things around us more than the God who already conquered the grave? Or do we give the enemy the foothold to come and take our focus? Like Arnold Palmer, congratulations and your focus is gone. You see, I, I'm trusting God through this series that, that, that He will help us to keep our focus on Him. If you're trusting God for a miracle or big things in your life to do great things, it's a time to shift our focus. Are we focusing on the news or on all the bad things? Yes, it is tough things. And we're speaking life and God's going to do miracle upon miracle. I believe that with all my heart. But is my focus on Jesus. Am I fixated on the one who has already done everything? Let's stand together. I'm going to pray with us. Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that, that you are amazing, Father. You are God of the universe. You are the creator, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, Father. You know our lives before we even got born. You know every challenge we'll step through, every storm we'll go through. Father, you know us intimately. And Father, we want to repent this morning. That if we have made the things of this life bigger than the God that we serve, we want to repent that. And Lord, we want to ask this morning that you shift our focus back to Jesus. Jesus, we want to focus on you. We want to walk on that water. We don't want to care about the waves or the wind or, or that we're actually walking on water. We want to focus on you. We want to look at you, Father. And Father, I pray that you will mature us this month like never before. That you will take us to the next level, Lord, that we will realize our focus needs fixing. And that you will start fixing it through your word. Lord, that your word will come and penetrate our hearts, will sink in deep and change our mindsets, change our focus, change the way we see things as we're looking at you, Father. May all the stuff in our lives be blurred because we're looking and fixing our eyes on Jesus. Lord, I pray for everyone here this morning, even those who's listening to this audio. I want to pray that you touch their hearts today. To touch our hearts today, Father, that we will see more clearly and that we will realize what we need that we only need you Father come and change our perspective change our focus In Jesus name thank you for listening to our weekly sermon for more detail visit www.klcstellenbosch.co.za